Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast. I am your HIV positive host, Miss Jennifer Lee Vaughn. Hello, everybody out there. How is everybody doing? Um, this is my second go round. I'm so pissed. I had recorded this episode. Actually, I was supposed to have it out yesterday. I'm even a day behind putting it out when I promised. And I think I recorded it last Sunday. It's now Friday. Oh my gosh. I went to bed last night and I decided not to look at anything on my computer. I was going to put on Netflix and then I just ended up looking at TikTok on my phone. And then I'm just like, no, I don't want to have my computer on my lap. I'm already laying down. So I just shut the lid on my computer. Well, what it did is it did a restart and it like, you know, goes through all those checks. Sometimes it does that. It doesn't always do that. Um, And when it did that, it closed everything down. I mean, it could still restore all the tabs that were open because I have like two separate windows with like each window has like, I don't even know, 15 tabs open in each one. I sort of have like an HIV one with all my HIV stuff in one and then all my other shit on a different one. And so anyways, it closed all those down, but those are easy to restore because you just hit history and, you know, restore page or whatever it says, restore tabs. Um, but Audacity, if you don't save what you've recorded, it will just get rid of it. And it had never been saved. So anyways, um, yeah, it it got rid of everything that I'd recorded. And it was about an hour and 15 minutes worth of stuff that I had talked about. And I, at least I have all the notes of everything I talked about. And I'm just going to retell my stories. But um, yeah, if you don't save the recording, what I usually do is I just record and then I go through and edit anything out that I don't want or whatever. And then um, and then I save it. Um, and it saves to an mp3 file and I just I'm lazy I don't save it right after I'm done I save it after I'm done making all the edits which was really stupid so this has happened to me twice so anyways I did it again and um, so now yes I'm re-recording um, from last week but you know it's all good I don't mind retelling these stories because they're they're really fun to tell anyways um, so first of all the Niners lost. That was one of the things I talked about. They're out of it. They lost to the LA Rams and I didn't care anyways because, I mean, I did, but they played like shit and I don't know the names of the players, but there was a dude that should have caught an interception and we watched that fumble out of his fingers like over and over in slow motion and that was really frustrating to watch. And then a bunch of our players just couldn't manage to catch a pass. So, and Jimmy Garoppolo could not throw a pass to save his life. So it just, you know, even if they won, I would have been embarrassed for them to win it because they wouldn't have deserved it. They just didn't play well. So that happened. Um, I had a Brazilian explosion. That was really exciting. Um, there's a TikTok. No, not a TikTok. I do this all the time. There's an Instagram page. I'm not going to remember the name of it. Let's see if I can find it. It's like Razor, and I can't pronounce it anyways. Oh, here it is. Rezo Esparcreditar. Oh my god, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. Rezos para acreditar. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I don't speak Portuguese. I don't speak Spanish. And I don't know how to pronounce this, but they have poor, poor, they have 4.3 million followers and they decided to play this video. Um, I don't know. It's been about a week now. I have to scroll way down because they post a lot of stuff, but they posted, you know, which one I'm going to play. Wow. It is way the heck down there. They played this. I don't know who needs to hear this, but I have HIV and this is how much it affects me. You guys know that video. Okay, so that brought in a bunch of new followers my way. I ended up with like 1,300 new followers on Instagram within 24 hours. That never happens. I literally get like 10 a day. I swear that's my normal on Instagram unless somebody else bigger promotes it, you know, promotes me in some way and then I'll get more people. So um, hello to anybody from Brazil who's listening. I know some of you have written to me and said that you were listening to my podcast and particularly liking the shroom podcast. I'm getting a lot of people loving that story or both. There's two different, (laughs) there was two different shroom nights. Um, Oh, which brings me to uh, my shroom growing kit. So yes, thank you everybody from Brazil for following me. And if you're listening, hi, I don't even know how to say hi in Portuguese. I'm just going to say hola. Is that, that's close enough. Okay. um, So I bought a shroom growing kit. It 
it finally came in the mail and um, we did a little Instagram story quickly about it. We pulled out this big plastic bin, like, you know, like a storage bin out of a box. Unfortunately, it got pretty banged up in the mail and it had cracks all over it. So I had to like tape it up to kind of secure it. I'm like, I'm just going to keep this one and make it work because I, I don't know. It's the one they sent. So I want to use it. Um, there's all this stuff inside. There's like a scale. There's temperature gauges, there's lights, there's um, white, looks like the, like the stuff you'd put at the bottom of a fish tank, um, like rocks almost, but it's real lightweight. Um, there's lots of jars, 18 of them, jelly jars full of, um, looks like dirt. And so um, I decide I had a day off and I thought I'm going to sit here and I'm going to get this started. And so I'm going through the instructions and I don't want to mess anything up because, you know, this was $135. I want to make sure that I do it right. And so it, it starts, it's like very, there's like, the instructions are pretty detailed. Like there's a lot to them. There's pictures. There's not even, I'm like, can I just watch a video? Won't this just be really simple? Uh, in the meantime, I've totally connected with somebody who follows me from Salinas, which is fairly close to where I live. And she's got total connections for shrooms. I could just buy an eighth of a shroom for 30 bucks. I mean, I could literally could have just done that. There's even people online, there's Instagram people that are like local in Aptos and Watsonville that sell like, I mean, it's like they sell it legally. It's, um, anyways, I won't look it up right now, but, um, there was an Instagram page with like a thousand followers and they sell like microdosing and I mean, it, I, I guess it's legal. Like they have cute packaging and they're in like jars and everything looks like totally professionally done. So I'm assuming it's all in the up and up, but yeah, so I have a total connection now and I kind of wish I hadn't bought this kit, but fuck it. I have it. So I'm going to put it together. And so the, like I said, I have 18 jelly jars full of dirt that are sealed with aluminum on top. And the aluminum looks like it's been burnt a little bit. And they say that's part of the, um, I don't know some kind of process. It's normal for that to look a little weird on top and to make sure when you take each jar out, you tighten it because they can loosen during shipping. All this stuff. Okay. I'm really careful. I'm taking each jar out, tightening them up. And then it goes into this whole process of like how, where you're going to do this, where it's, it needs to be really, really sterilized. Like you have to have the gloves on, you have to put on clean clothes. You have to wash your hands and face with like antibacterial soap before you get started. And then the best process they say, the one that works the best, that's been tried and true for the last 10 years is to open up your oven, turn it on to 350. Like there's a whole process with the oven, then turn it off. And then I don't know, I, whatever. There's lots of like, it's very specific. And then you basically go in your oven, you like put your hands in there with your gloves and you take this syringe and you're, you're putting it into the jelly jar and you have to do this. You have to, oh, you have to light the end of it. And then I don't know. That's all of this is like, obviously the heat from lighting it will keep the, you know, everything sterile and all this. And I can't find the goddamn syringe anywhere. And I'm looking through all this stuff going, okay, there's a picture of a syringe. I see it, but there's nothing. And I go through all my stuff a million times, can't find it. So I call the number I say, um, I didn't get a syringe with my grow kit. And she goes, oh yeah. So you have to buy the spores. And I said, uh, well, and I'm thinking that these jelly jars with the dirt are the spores. I'm assuming that's what that is. And I keep saying, no, I'm telling her the expert on the other line. No, no, I have the spores. There's no syringe. And she goes, yeah. So that's the grow kit. She goes, the spores are sold separately. It's, it's, you don't actually have the mushrooms right now. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> and then all of a sudden I decided I need to be real, real nice. Cause I'm an idiot and I didn't know what I was talking about. So I'm like, Oh, okay. And she goes, yeah, you just have to decide which mushroom you want and you know, go online and buy them. She goes, they're really inexpensive. It's like maybe 15 to $20 and the syringe comes with the spores. So I wrote to my friend who told me to buy this kit and I'm still waiting to hear back from him on which ones he bought because I want the same experience that he had. So I still haven't heard from him. I need to write to him again. Um, so anyways, that's on hold um, at the moment, but all 18 jars are in my refrigerator and Owen's like, what is going on <laughs> in my house? I'm like, I'm sorry. Your mom has like a drug den going on here in the refrigerator. I pushed as many of them as I could in the, the back of the refrigerator, but I did put about seven of them in the door. So that was, you know, whatever. Owen's like, I, I don't know. I, Owen doesn't even know. I don't even, 
I don't even know what he knows. Honestly, I don't think he knows about my shroom nights. I'm sure Joey told him, but I don't like, it's like, I just want to pretend like Owen doesn't know that I've even dated anybody. I just don't want to talk about it with him. So anyways, and of course, Joey smokes pot and it's just such a part of our like, um, smell in the house now. It's so funny. I, I used to think anybody who had a pot smell in their house that that was like, oh, there was really bad things going on there. And now it's such a normal part of our like house. It's not weird or anything. And it, you know, it is, it is legalized. So it's like, it took all of that away that people who smoke pot are these scumbags and, you know, losers and drug addicts. And they, you know, no, it's my daughter who's dealing with depression and anxiety and it helps her and, you know, whatever it's legal and it's all good. And I actually, like I've said before, I do like the smell of it. I think they need to come up with like a pot candle. I would, I would, I think I would like that. Honestly, it's weird. I do like the smell of it, but I don't like how it makes me feel. So I just don't smoke it. Or the edibles again. You guys have heard me do the edibles on here and I'm, <laughs> I haven't done them since. So I'm all good with that. So that's the latest with the shroom growing kit. That's kind of fun. Um, okay, moving on. I have not heard back from the doctor in San Diego. Didn't think I would. Not surprised at all about that. When I was diagnosed with HIV, there was an ear, nose, and throat doctor that I had seen for my um, swollen lymph node. I'd seen him for my eardrum rupture. I had also told him that I was smelling smoke in the shower. These were all different appointments with him and he never put together HIV. Something I kind of feel like he should have with the lymph node especially and then me smelling smoke and maybe not. Maybe it's a stretch, but I was like, kind of like, I felt like he should have kind of been more on top of that. So I did write to him and said I was kind of bummed. I wish, you know, did you know I ended up with AIDS? Like I came to you three different times with like things that I don't know, maybe, maybe he wouldn't have put it together regardless. But I remember my doctor even saying he's a, he's like the top ENT in this area. And she was like, I'm really surprised he did not pick up on this. And I, that, I think that's probably what, what led me to write to him. Of course, I never heard back from him either, but I did, I wasn't scathing or anything. I just wanted him to know that I ended up with AIDS. You know, at the time it felt really important to let him know that um, he kind of fucked up. So, um, but I guess my whole point is, is that he never wrote back to me and I didn't really expect to hear anything from this, um, this doctor in San Diego who told the girl that reached out to me, who's newly, um, diagnosed with HIV that she should not be listening to that woman, quote unquote, on the internet who's talking about you equals you because that's dangerous information. And the boyfriend that she's been with for eight years who is HIV negative should be on prep and he should be using condoms. Yeah. Good advice, doctor. Yeah. Don't make her feel like a threat or anything or like a total leper. That's great. Good advice to a newly diagnosed person with HIV. So anyways... That's the latest on that. There's nothing to report. Let's see. Okay, I did I talk about going to the gym? I didn't. I just started today. I went back to the gym. I The weather's really nice. It was like almost 80 degrees where I live, and it just made me feel like, well, you know, warm weather means I'm going to have my clothes off more, and there's going to be more skin showing, and I'm not really happy about how I'm looking. I'm just not. I want to tighten everything up. And even if it doesn't really tighten things up, I think just going there and doing something and feeling sore when your body feels sore, that's such a great feeling. And it, it makes you feel like you're doing something and just going into that building. I love Gold's Gym. It's a really nice facility. So just going there and working out and feeling like you're doing something good for yourself is all good. And I was really glad to be back there. It'd been two years. I stopped going when um, conditions got really impossible there during COVID and like they were working out in the rain in the parking lot. They brought all the equipment outside. I'm like, fuck that. I am not doing that. So I didn't go back. I let my membership expire and I just gave up and I'm like, you know what? I don't even want to work out anymore. Fuck it. But you know, I am feeling a little loose and I don't like it. And so I'm like, it's time to go back. It's time to work out. And you know, I didn't look that bad. I saw myself in the mirror. I'm like, yeah, I pretty much look the same, I think. Um, but still up close, I think I could tighten things up. But what was fun was seeing my tattoo in the mirror because that wasn't there the last time I worked out. I didn't have a tattoo. So I was like, God damn, I like looking at that. Like it's, yeah, I mean, I get it. Like when you have tattoos, you want to, I don't know, it just, they're fun to look at on yourself. It's, a, they're fun. I mean, what can I say? I love, I freaking love my tattoo so much. 
And so I was thinking I want something else. You know, I knew that I was going to get something else soon. And I was thinking of getting um, along the spine of my other arm, my like on my forearm, I was going to get um, um, tomorrow is never promised, which I feel very strongly about, obviously. And there was a little heart that I wanted on my wrist, on my inner wrist, on that same arm, my right arm. So the opposite of the one that I have the tattoo on. So I'd have tattoos on both my forearms. Um, but today I just felt, nope, I want something more. And so I want something on my right shoulder. Like I want the front of my shoulder to have something wrapped around it, you know, maybe even to the back. I'm not even sure. And I was walking the dog today and I'm looking around and we have cherry blossom trees blooming all over our neighborhood. And when I, if you, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll, you've probably seen that I film them sometimes and it looks like it's snowing pink snow. It's so pretty. I mean, I feel like I'm like in this like winter wonderland, but it's, you know, warm and it's, you know, spring. And anyway, um, so a spring wonderland. And anyway, I was like, oh my God, that's it. Cherry blossom tree. So, or a cherry blossom branch. So that's hard to say cherry blossom branch. So I looked up a bunch of them online and I think I have something pretty close to what I want. And here's the really funny part. <laughs> this is so crazy. So on Tinder, I had met this guy named Tyson and he is, you can follow him on, he's on pencil shaver. No, sorry. Pencil shave erasers. Tyson Bode art. That's his, I'm plugging him. He'll never know that I'm doing this, but anyways, we had, we had matched on Tinder and he had written in Tinder to me, Hey, I'm not on here that much. I probably won't check back for like a week or two. Here's my Instagram. I'm like, Oh, well, if I follow him on Instagram, he's going to know about the HIV right away. And so I decide to tell him, Hey, I'm following you on Instagram. I just decided to do it. Like, why not? And I say, my name is Jennifer Vaughn. And I put three asterisks. Like I don't tell him in my message on Tinder what those asterisks mean. And, you know, hey, um, it'll be interesting to see if you unmatch me. But, you know, if you don't, great. You know, hope to see you over there. And so he finally writes back after like a while, like, and I had followed him and I kept thinking, has he seen that I followed him? Like, and I, I would check to see if he'd followed me back. And so finally he, I, he put up a post that he had been really, really sick. And he like said that he'd lost all this weight and he was smelling vinegar and he was aching from head to toe. And his doctors was, were giving him like 20 days to live or like, you know, he'd be dead by the end of January. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. And of course, what does my mind think? I'm like, oh my God, he's, I wonder if they tested him for HIV. Of course I'm thinking that. So I'm waiting with bated breath, like for this guy to get back to me, because I just want to ask him, you know, now I'm curious. I don't even know him. We've not had a conversation at all. And he's, I'm still not on his radar because he, I could tell that he hadn't, um, well, you didn't respond to my message on Tinder for like at least 10 days. And then, um, and then he posted more about just being sick. And he said, look, I'm, he made another post about, the fact that he's just trying to get some like last minute work done. He needs to keep his business running. He's going to go in whether he feels like shit or not. Please, you know, hit him up for business if you can, because he needs the work and he's had to borrow money from people and he doesn't want to borrow anymore. He just can't do that anymore and all that. So I was like, damn, this guy's like super desperate. Like he's really sick. And this is, I can't even imagine like freaking having to do work like that and feel super sick like the way I did when I had AIDS. And I kept thinking that's probably how he feels. And of course, obviously he'd been tested for COVID and all of that. That would have been obvious in his post. He would have said, you know, that he hadn't because of course that's the first thing everybody would think. So finally he, I don't remember where he realized I was there. Oh, you know, I had written to him on Instagram. I finally did. I sent him a message and I said, look, I saw your messages. I hope this isn't weird. You know, I know we're supposed to be like Tinder flirting, you know, or whatever. And we had, he had mentioned something to me about, um, my stomach. And, um, I feel like I talked, oh my God, did I already talk about this? Jesus Christ. No, I didn't. Okay. I'm like remembering from recording it earlier. If I have talked about this all before, I'm going to kill myself. I don't think I have. But anyways, um, 
I just, yeah, I think it was just for me re-recording it and I just remembering telling the story before. So I had, where was I? Um, oh yeah, he had said to me and from my picture, there's a picture of me, it's like from the neck down and a pair of very short shorts and a short tank top where you can see my midsection and he said something about your something tight tummy or like, I don't know, he mentioned something about my stomach and he wanted to know like if the little, the, what did you call it? The little tunnel behind me was for a dog or a cat. He goes before, I can't remember exactly what he wrote. Maybe I should just look it up and tell you. Hold on. Let's see what the actual message was. Um, he said, is that a dog tunnel behind your killer stomach? That's what he said. Chances are I won't respond for a week or two. And then he gave me his Instagram um, and then he said, I, and then I said, I followed you curious to see if you unmatch. Hopefully not. Most people I meet understand the science and don't run. I'm undetectable, which means I'm basically negative. Can't transmit. Oh, it's a cat tunnel observant. And I said, and my stomach, your stomach. I said, your art is really impressive. And then he just wrote back, hello, I'm not on here much. So then I wrote to him on Tinder. <laughs> no, not Tinder, not TikTok, fucking Instagram. Wrote to him on Instagram and I said, okay, I got to ask you, you know, I wrote to you, I have HIV, like, obviously, if he looks at my Instagram, he's going to see everything. And I say, look, have you been tested? Like, I don't want to be weird. I don't even know you. But like, and I know we're supposed to be like flirting through Tinder. But now I'm like, you're like real, like human. And I'm worried, you know, like, have you been tested? And he said, yes, he had been tested like two months before. It, it's not that. And um, it struck up a conversation between us. And I guess the point I'm getting to is that, well, he's feeling better, I think. It looks like from, I haven't had a lot of conversations with him, but in his most recent posts, he is, sounds like he's taking work again and stuff. And, and yeah, I don't know if I mentioned that he has a banging body. Oh my God. Like he is in such good shape. <laughs> um, and he's got, you know, full tattoos all over his like torso arms everything those weren't there I found a picture of him in his Instagram from like 2019 he didn't have anything like really on his body and now he's completely covered and shaved and yeah he's like trim muscular like he's not you know like a big bulky guy he's just really nice super nice build he's probably five six I don't even know how tall he is but anyways yeah he's um and he's an amazing artist so yeah. So, uh, anyways, we went back and forth and he said, I'm super inspired by what you're doing. Like you're killing it. Like, wow. And then he followed me and then he liked a bunch of my posts and I'm like, wow, that's so nice. And, um, so now we're following each other and liking each other's stuff. And, uh, he just liked a post that I put up today. It was like a reel about talking about dating with HIV and he liked that. And so anyways, the point I'm getting to is that we are trying to, me and Joey and Ryan are trying to book with him um, tomorrow night. Hopefully this will all work out. Um, we still don't have a time set up, but he will be in Monterey at his shop. And um, we're trying to get uh, an appointment with him. And so I'm hoping he will be the one doing my my um, tree on my shoulder or my branches or whatever, my cherry blossoms. And this will be pink. I definitely want like the pink in there, the dark pink and the light pink and all of that. So um, yeah, hopefully that will happen and I'll have some pictures to show on Instagram. And of course I will film some of it and show it. And, you know, you guys will see Tyson and know the story, the backstory to, um, him being a Tinder match with me. So I think that's kind of fun. I have no idea if we'll ever go out on a date again, but I'm, I'm glad we're connected at least through this human experience of being sick and, you know, being able to openly talk about illness and, you know, being there for your fellow humans. So it's, it's kind of cool. And I don't know if I mentioned, but my name on Tinder is Allie, A-L-Y. And I was talking to Eric Cutter one night and I just brought that up and I'm like, you know, at the same time, I, it dawned on me that the girl that he's, you know, fairly certain that he got HIV from because he was shooting up drugs with her in Los Angeles. Her name was Allie. And, um, I do not know why I gave my, myself the name Allie on Tinder. I decided to do an alias for the heck of it. I don't know, probably because I didn't want anyone to find my pictures somehow find me before I ever explained HIV. And I thought if my name's different, then that'll throw them off. You know what I mean? I want to be the one to tell people about my diagnosis. I don't want anyone finding me on the internet before they actually meet me. I want to be able to like meet them, get a vibe and then explain it if there's a need to that kind of thing. So, um, I guess that's why I did the alias. And anyway, I don't know why Allie came to me. I'm not even a fan of Allie McBeal or anything. I just 
chose to do that. And it turns out um, Eric Cutter's Alley spelled it A-L-Y. Just like that. Like, what? Well, I'm recording a podcast. What are you doing? No, you cannot be in here. Owen, you have to go. Owen, go. I can't stand that. I'm like yelling at him. Like he thinks it's funny. He goes, okay, I'll leave. And then he, I hear the door shut and I go, I go, did you leave? And then he starts laughing. I swear to God, are you still in here? Okay. I don't want him hearing my stories. Cause, um, yeah, I don't think he, um, he doesn't listen to my podcast. I mean, he can listen to it at some point when he's older, but I don't want him listening to any of this now. Okay. So, um, yeah. Um, Eric Cutter thought that was, he's like, no freaking way. I'm like, way. I definitely call myself Allie on, on Tinder. And then it was really funny. He sent me this message. It's way down here. Where is it? Eric, Eric. Oh my God. Did I delete it? Wow. Oh, that's right. I changed his name to Cutter on my, um, I had to, cause when his name would come up, I would have like a slight heart attack because I thought it was somebody else. If you know who I'm talking about. <clears throat> and I told him I have to change your name on my phone. Cause I, I, that it comes up and I like lose my breath every time. It like it shocks me from like, you know, straight from my like spine all the way out to my fingertips and my toes. It gives me that shock throughout my whole body and it's the worst. So, but that person is blocked. So there's no reason for me to see that name come up. But, um, anyways, he goes, yeah. And like, while I was leaving him a voice message about this, he left one after. And at the same time, when he was like listening to my voice message, he was saying out loud, just write cutter. And like, I said at the same time when I was leaving him the voice message that I should just put cutter. So he said, that's so funny. I was like literally saying that at the same time. But anyways, he sent me this picture or this video of, uh, him talking about Magic Johnson. And if you got it, you got it. Hey, look, it's Magic Johnson. The first guy to get AIDS from a woman ever to this day. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if you get it, you get it. Well, first of all, the fact that he even says got AIDS, like he does all of that on purpose, by the way. Uh, Clearly, we know you cannot give anybody AIDS. It's only HIV, so... Yeah, that's a, Eric's pretty freaking funny, but I can only handle him in small doses. Okay, moving on. Cabanuva has been approved for every other month. Every other month. It was every month. I had literally just been to my doctor and she said, yes, it's approved for every two months in the UK. I don't know when it'll change like to be like that way in the US. And then like literally like a month later, they changed it. So it's every two months. Um, in the U.S. now, which means just six times a year you have to get an injection. And since I see my doctor three or four times a year, if I could make it, you know, work for like every appointment and then just have to go two other times to get it done, then yeah, I want to do it. But, you know, I know she really wants to do it for people who basically have trouble remembering to take their medication. That's one problem. And so people that are not adherent to their medication. So Cabanuva would be really good for them. Um, also people who have like a psychological, you know, like it, it makes them feel bad and depressed every time they have to take that pill. So those, you know, are probably the people that she's going to think of as far as first candidates for Cabanuva. Cause she's really conservative. I know she probably doesn't want to change me. And I love Devato honestly, and I don't care about taking a pill a day. I more so want to do Cabanuva cause I want to be a guinea pig for people that, you know, listen to me. I want to be able to explain to them the, how the whole thing's going, you know? So that's my, that's really why I want to do it. And it would be really nice to tell a potential sexual partner that, yeah, I just go to the doctor every two months and I get an injection and it's all taken care of because that way it takes that concern out of their head that, oh, well, maybe she doesn't take a pill every day or whatever. It's like, no, I go to the doctor and it's done. Like, you know, I don't have to worry about it. Like I'm, I'm good, you know, or whatever. So I think, and I think that's really good for stigma too, to, for people to be able to say that, you know, I go to the doctor and I just get an injection and it's, it lasts, you know, it's obviously good for longer than two months, but we have to go back and obviously kind of double over it to make sure that it's, uh, it never gets to a point where you could be detectable again. So more than likely it's good for like three months, I bet. Um, but I don't know that for sure, but I'm assuming, um, let's see, moving on here. Okay. So let's talk tender boys. Where should I start? 
And you know, it's a good thing. I had recorded some stuff, about 15 minutes worth of somebody that had been harassing me. And I'm not going to get into it just because I don't want to deal with any more from this person. But I was going to delete all of it because it seemed like I made a change on my end with some of my content. I took some, I deleted some stuff and then that person in turn deleted some stuff. And so I think the, um, the harassment, I'm going to say it's harassment. That's what it felt like is over. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. So I was planning on deleting any of that, all of that, that I'd recorded anyways. Um, so I do have some fun stories in place of that. And I had talked about, did I talk about all of these on here? Okay. Yeah. I talked about Tyson. Now I'm going to talk to you about, um, I don't know if I should give his first name out. Cause he knows I have a podcast. I don't want to know that I'm talking about him. Um, <laughs> but I was, he's really cute. He's like total Santa Cruz skater. He's like 41 tattoos, white guy. Um, did I say thin? Yeah, he's thin. Um, but yeah, skater dude, like, yeah, he's a total Santa, Santa Cruz, like skater dude. Um, but you know, it doesn't sound like he's has much in the way of like work or like where he lives. I don't like things don't seem to have come very easily for him. And it sounds like he's kind of always has a black cloud over his head. But if you're cute, I mean, hell, I'm the one with HIV. What am I going to get from him? Fucking HIV. So anyways, like it's kind of funny because if I hadn't had HIV, I would have thought of this guy and looked at him and thought, well, I don't want to really mess with this guy. He might like have like HIV or something. <laughs> no, I have it. Anyways, he doesn't have it. But I had asked him about, like, I said, look, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like, we'll see what happens. He's really cute. Like I keep saying, but we haven't met yet in person, but I said to him, you know, where, where do you live? Like I have three kids. Like you cannot come to my house. I'm sorry, but you're, no one's going to come here. And so, and he keeps writing to me, like, I can drive down right now if you want. And all this, like, he keeps saying, like, he's going to come over. And I'm like, dude, like, I, you can't come over. Oh, and by the way, he knows about my HIV. He kind of, like, when I told him about it, um, I think I just kind of, like, he kind of came on strong. And I was like, eh. I'm going to just throw it out there. And he, he sort of, like, went, what? What are you talking about? You have HIV? What the fuck? What does that mean? And and all that. And I told him and I sent him like my video, but he doesn't do any social media. So he didn't like really, it doesn't impact him that, you know, there's like TikTok following and there's some big videos. And, you know, I talk about this to a lot of people. He doesn't get that because he doesn't do Instagram. He said his ex-girlfriend was on, as he called it, Tic Tac or whatever. And he said it bugged the shit out of him because she was on it all the time. So he's not like into any of the social media stuff. So, but he did say, he did kind of disappear for a little while. And I said, Oh, I thought you disappeared. And he goes, well, he said something like, I thought you did too. He goes, but he goes, well, I, I said, Oh, well, I thought I said, I thought I scared you. And he goes, well, you kind of did. And he goes, but I did a little research and yeah, I, I, I think you're cool. And I, you know, I want to get to know you better or whatever. I'm like, okay. So that, that was all the backstory to us. But then it kind of became like, um, you know, I cannot find it. Basically, I asked him about his situation, like where he lives. And he says, I don't know. He's got a shop. And then he said something like he has a carpeted tent. And I'm like, what? A carpeted tent? Oh my God. The people that I meet, there's, you know, we've got the shroom guy who lives in the log cabin that's off the grid. And now there's this guy who lives in a carpeted tent. I'm like, Oh my God, he's literally homeless. Like, he's fucking homeless. Oh my God. So anyways, the, um, the jury's still out on this one. I haven't, I'm still willing to meet him. Um, I don't know, you know, who knows, maybe we'll get a hotel room. Oh my God. That's terrible. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll just make out in a parking lot somewhere. I don't know. Okay. So yeah, that was funny. A carpeted tent. Oh my God. The people I meet on Tinder, <laughs> but you know, I'm always down for an adventure. So I probably will meet him. Okay. Let's get into my next Tinder 
experience with this person named Michael. And Michael and I matched and he wrote to me right away and we said hi and he kind of started getting into the whole like, you know, how are you? What do you like? You know, what's your backstory? I don't want to know this. I don't want to know. I don't care. I don't want to know how many kids you have. He started to write to me about the fact that he'd just gone to um, and by the way, he looked real uptight. He um, had a picture of himself in the gym. I liked his body for sure. He was in great shape. Again, I like the probably maybe 175 pounds, six feet tall, about that proportion, where the pants are loose around the waist a little bit, you know, like that, and nice butt, you know, flat stomach, the hip muscle, that kind of thing nice pecs, nothing crazy. I don't like big muscles, but like, you know, you know what I mean? Like a triathlete's body, I guess, maybe, you know? Um, but not a bodybuilder body. I don't like that. Um, so anyways, he had a picture of himself barefoot with these like corduroy pants on that were just sort of hanging just the right amount with the nice body. Oh, and a, a bicep tattoo. And, but his he had like, his glasses were like tinted and they looked a little serial killer-ish. Like, I don't know, like he looked real serious in the picture too. And it was taken from a distance, you know, it wasn't real up close, but I'm willing to give it, you know, a shot because he is in good shape. And so, cause there was a lot of, a lot of guys on Tinder that are not in very good shape. And I'm sorry, but that has to happen. You have to be in decent shape. So anyways, he starts telling me that his sons, he'd just gotten back from like Boy Scouts and um, Cub Scout meetings and stuff. And I'm just like, I know he's throwing that in there to try to impress me and I could give a shit. I'm like, I don't care. First of all. And then it just lets me know that you're that much younger than me, that your kids are in fucking Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts. Cub Scouts. Great. Fuck. I don't want to know. Like, ugh. I don't want to talk about your goddamn little kids. I'm sorry. I'm so not interested in them. So I kind of let the conversation fall by the wayside. And he keeps trying to have these like little conversations with me. And so I'm like, look, I think we're not on the same page. And I think I need to explain to you a little bit more about where I'm coming from. So I said, you know, this is kind of where I'm at. I am not in a place where I'm looking for a relationship. I am basically looking for something more physical. <laughs> and hey, if there's that connection between us, then right on. And if that's not what you're looking for, then I really appreciate your time and good luck to you. And he leaves me over a minute voice message back, you know, the voice text message. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going to lecture me. Cause I will tell you, he is very Silicon Valley, like uptight looking businessman type for sure. Even though he's got the bod with the tattoo, there's something very uptight about him. And I thought he is going to lecture me. Instead, he gets incredibly analytical about how he would be very on board with exploring the physical realm of this type of relationship. And that even the way he explained it was just like, mm, I don't like any, but he was on board. He was on board with not any of the relationship shit. And he didn't live near me. He lived over in San Jose. So that already is kind of a problem, which I, I well, basically it's like 45 minutes away. That also, that just bothers me. It's too far away. But anyway, so he is on board now and all of a sudden I get the other side of him. Now he's like a little bit more racy. I'm like, all right, there we go. That's what I was looking for. And he decides to send me a picture of himself and he sends me a black and white photo of himself and he's taken it while he's laying on the bed. His legs are straight behind him. He's in black boxer briefs. Um, the pictures in black and white, like, I don't know, that's a oh, like why, but anyways, um, it's in black and white. He's adding a little, you know, mood to it again. Didn't like the expression. He looked too serious, just not digging the face. I don't know. I mean, I think he was like laying his head on, it's like his arms, like he's laying on his arm that's laying on the bed, you know? And he's kind of just like looking into the camera, like he's sort of dreamy. And I didn't like that because to me it felt all, I don't know, like it was all too planned. I don't know. I don't like it. But anyways, body still looked great. But I noticed something. I noticed that, no, I didn't notice. This is how it came up. <laughs> I sent him a picture back. That's it. I sent him a morning picture of me in bed. I think I had a sweatshirt on. I tried to look my freaking best laying on my back, hoping my face didn't look actually it's the best view of my face in the morning is just flat on my back because yeah, gravity doesn't look good any other way in the morning. So I took one and it, you know, I probably put a little bit of a filter on it. So it wasn't totally 
you know, showing all 51 of my years because he is, I think he's 47. But anyways, he said, oh, you look so beautiful on natural. I wish I looked that way or something like that. And I was like, you wish you look that way on natural. I said, what, what do you mean? Why do you wear makeup? Like, ha ha, laugh out loud. And he writes back. Yes, sometimes I do wear eyeliner. And he goes on about something else. And I'm like, what? Eyeliner? Ooh, like I'm totally not okay with the eyeliner. Yes, if you're in a band, there are guys that will wear eyeliner, obviously. Hair metal bands, whatever. Or if you're like emo or whatever. But a business type man wearing eyeliner? I'm sorry. That's just, that's not for me at all. Like not hot at all. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. So now I'm like, you know what? It is time to drop the HIV bomb because I'm not into this and he's not getting it. And what do I do? Just stop writing back and ghost him? Like that's not nice. So let's just experiment and tell him about the HIV and see where it goes. And like I've explained to people before that sometimes I am so surprised by their reaction in a good way that it makes me think about them differently. And I actually do like them more. And it's like, you know, or it has the opposite effect. So I send them, I just dropped off my daughter at work and she's about 20 minutes from where we live. And so I was driving back. It was morning. It was like a Saturday morning, I think. And I send him that video, you know, that I don't know who needs to hear this, but I have HIV and I give him, you know, the bullet points, the standard, you know, can't transmit it, da, 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 you equals you, um, you should know this about me and da, 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 um, and that I, you know, that I'm an advocate and stuff also. And I, you know, I'm thinking as I'm driving home, he's checking it all out. Maybe he's impressed with all that I've done, you know, who knows? And, um, and I assume he's like really checking out my Instagram and he's looking into all the stuff that I do and he's, you know, going to write something back. Well, I get home and I haven't received any messages, nothing. It's been 20 minutes. I'm like, huh, that's weird. So I decide to look at Tinder dear Michael had unmatched me. He just straight up fucking unmatched me. And you know, I really, really, really did not want that to bother me. I wanted it to be like, good, fuck you. Like I didn't like you anyway. That's what I really, really wanted to do. But it hit me and it, it it's, I couldn't shake it. And it pissed me off that I couldn't shake it. It really bothered me because, and I had to think about it. And I talked about it on my Instagram story that day. I really had to think about it. It made me feel like well, first of all, he looked like a really intelligent guy. The fact that he couldn't even say to me, thank you for sharing this. I need some time to process this. Or, hey, like, thank you for sharing. I don't know how I feel about this, but thank you for sharing it. And, you know, good luck to you. I just don't think I'm that comfortable. Whatever. Like, there could have been a kind response in some way. You know, like, there's ways to handle this as a grown adult. But he straight up just unmatched me. That was it. Threw me away, discarded me. That's it. I want, almost like I'm a hot potato. Like, just want to fucking get her away from me. Oh my God. Ugh. You know, that's how it felt. And I thought, well, you know what? Fuck you. You think you're that much better than me. You think that you're superior because you don't have HIV. And that's exactly what he thinks for sure. He didn't take the time to know anything more about me. And, you know, again, it was a way to weed this guy away from me because I, I wasn't into him anyways, but I was pissed that his dismissal of me bothered me so much because I didn't like him that much anyways. So, but it was basically on a human level at that point that he had done that action. It just bothered me. It was human to human. Like, how dare you? How dare you just throw me away like that? And so like, this is really good. This whole experience of dating I'm so glad that I can share this through my podcast and through my Instagram stories and stuff and, you know, show people that I feel this too. Believe me, I do. Um, as much as I didn't give a shit about this guy, it hurt. And it, and it took the whole morning to shake that off. It really did. It was like a fucking punch in the gut. It really was. And I fucking so pissed that it made me feel that way, but it did. So I always feel like there's like negative energy in the world and positive energy. And it was really crazy because I had been talking to this other guy online. Um, his name is David and he, um, and I had been talking, um, was it the next day? I'm so confused with my days. Yeah, it was that, it was that, the, it was that Sunday. So it was the, the Niner game day. 
and we were we had we'd been chatting here and there through the week um nothing too crazy but um because i thought he had kind of blown me off because we were had planned on going on a morning hike the day of the um not, or i had suggested it the day of the niner game so michael rejects me the morning of the niner game but that morning there was a possibility of going on a hike with this guy david um, and then it didn't happen because he said he had to do something at his sister's house last minute. And I was like, that's totally made up. So I was like, oh, whatever, you know, whatever. And I was kind of bummed. And because he had said that he couldn't see me, of course, it made me more interested even. And it made me feel like, oh God, I'm, you know, now I'm never going to get to see this guy. I don't know why he's probably got all these girls after him. I don't know. So it of course makes them even more interesting when they're unavailable. Right. Of course. So he, um, gets a hold of me and he says, Hey, I mean, and we hadn't talked in over 24 hours, I think. And he said, Hey, I'm so bummed. I had been helping my friend move since last night. I just got home and I'm about to go watch the Niner game. And how are you? I'm so bummed that we didn't get together and go for that hike. And I was like, what? Oh my God. So I like screenshot this written message to my girlfriend, Kira. And I said, he wrote to me. I'm like, oh my God, I totally thought he had made that up. He really didn't make it up. He really did have to go to his sister's, even though he didn't make it. And now he's saying he wished that he'd gone on the hike with me. Shit. Oh my God. So I was so excited. So I run, I'm at my ex-husband's parents' house. I'm going into the bathroom over and over to leave him voice text messages. And he said, this is really fun. Like, let's keep talking through the diner game. You know, we were in different locations. And so we kind of wrote a little bit back and forth, but his writing didn't happen. So like, I don't know, he just wasn't writing back that much. And I was so excited to write to him. And then it just didn't really happen. So I was like, oh, I guess he's just not, I guess he said he wanted to, but then he didn't. So I'm like having, I'm really un misunderstanding like what's going on here. But he didn't make it to the game until like halfway through. I don't know if somebody was picking him up or whatever um, at the location he was going to go watch it at. So anyways, um, I'm driving home from the game with my kids. You know, we live about 10 minutes from my um, ex-husband's parents' house. And on the way home, I get a text from him and he says, hey, just got home. What are you up to? And I'm like, uh, and he said something about that. He, was, he had just gotten into bed. And I was like, Oh, wow. <laughs> so I get home and I say, Hey, I just got home. I said, want to go for a hike, a night hike. And he, and he writes, back. he was, he goes, you mean write meow? And then he puts a, an emoji of a cat with the hard eyes. And I was like, well, I don't know, maybe I just wanted to th throw it out there and see how you'd react. And, um, you know, yes, no, I don't know, maybe. So the point is, is that we live um, there's a mountain in between us. We live, um, he's, I'm in Watsonville, he, he's in Gilroy, and there's this mountain or this road called 152 between us, and it's a very windy, mountainy, um, all the way up to the top of the summit road and all the way down to his side. But at the top is this, at the top is the summit, it's called Mount Madonna, and there's an old hotel up there that, maybe motel, I don't even know, that's been abandoned for a long time. It's all like fenced off. It's creepy as hell. Um, and then there's, it, you know, during the daytime, there's a road up there and you can go and hike all around up there, but it's nighttime. So he's looking up on the internet he's, and we're typing and he's like, let's do it. And I'm like, God damn. I'm like, well, I'm spontaneous. I love an adventure. And I'm like, hell, I mean, I've been looking at this guy's pictures for like four or five days super cute. Like he's got brown hair that's like straight and it's kind of like longer on top and it's so freaking cute. And he wears the black glasses like I do. Um, I had not seen his teeth yet, but nice nose. And, um, just from the pictures I'd seen, he looked like a young, um, Michael Douglas, like really handsome guy. And, um, so, but obviously not exactly like Michael Douglas, but somewhat look like him. And so, um, we decide we're going to meet and I can't, my kids are like, please don't get killed. I'm like, I know I'm not. I'm like, he seems like he's really nice. I'm like, what am I <laughs> really, what am I doing? So I drive up to the top of 152 and we basically, it should take us both the same amount of time to get to the top. But he so sweetly had gone to two different like stores to try to get flashlights um, for us to hike around up there. So we had um, light. Um, and so I waited up there. I pulled, I finally got up to the top and um, I pull up in front of the motel hotel and I park my car right in front of the, you know, it's like temporary fencing, you know, it's nothing, you know, it's like the, whenever you call a fencing company to come up and like fence off the dead building. And you know, that's what's there. So, and of course the parking lot's like full of like weeds and it's just creepy as hell. But 
that night, the moon wasn't high in the sky. So it was really, really, really dark up there, like pitch black. When I pulled up to the fence and then turned my lights off on my car, I could, if someone stood next to my driver's side window, I wouldn't be able to see them. It was that goddamn dark. Like maybe I could make out that there was somebody sort of right there, but it was that freaking dark, scary. So every car that would come over the summit, I'm like, God, is it going to be him? You know, and, 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 you know, there was like, there are cars that are coming through. So, but it was like, kind of like exciting and um, nerve wracking at the same time, waiting for a car to come and pull up next to me. So finally, he, um, a car does come and pulls up next to me and, and, uh, and I just thought, well, it's time to get out. You know, like it's just that moment, like you got to just go, you know, this is it and you're going. And again, I, I just thought he was so cute. And so, um, we meet kind of behind our cars and I'm like, I don't know. I say something about, you know, that, yo, you finally made it or whatever. And I said, well, hi. And, you know, we give him a big hug and we just keep hugging and he didn't let me go and I didn't want to let go and we're kind of rocking back and forth and I back up and I could just barely make out his face. I can see the glasses and I just felt so comfortable with him and I said something like, I just want to kiss you <laughs> and we did and we kissed and we kissed and we kissed. I have never done this in my life. Perfect stranger, literally. Um, no alcohol, nothing. And we made out for like 15 freaking minutes right there. Like it, I can't believe, like we were like, I'm, I'm sure we were both thinking in our heads, like, what are we doing? Like, who are we really going for a hike still? What's happening? So, um, you know, we did manage to talk a little bit and kind of laugh and, um, yeah, it was getting like pretty hot and heavy. Whew. And so, we finally decided to go for the hike and he had already gotten his flashlights out, but he went back to get something from his car and he was like, Oh my God. He goes, I locked my keys in my car. So in the excitement of getting out to meet me and getting the flashlights and his phone, he freaking locked his keys in his car. So now we know I have to drive him back over to Gilroy and then come back up on the summit to get him into his car. Cause he has an extra set of keys. So now we know what do we do? Do we go for the hike? Do we go back down to Gilroy? Like it's a Sunday night. I have to go to work the next day. I have to be up by like six 30 to take my son to school. And it's already like, I don't even know what it was at this point, maybe seven, eight 30, maybe. So we decide why not? Let's just go for the hike. Why not? So we go, um, we start, you know, and I, and I told him I was afraid of like mountain lions and he told, he had texted me and he said, Oh, I eat those for breakfast. I thought what a fun, fast response. That was so cute. So we start going for our hike and, Oh yeah. Fingers are like clasped. I, that's a hard word to say. Clasped, clasped, I can't say it. Clasped. I can't say it. Oh my God. Clasped. Yeah. Clasped. Oh my God. I, I don't know why I'm having such a hard time saying the word, but you know, our fingers are intertwined. That's it. Um, and we're walking and he's, he's holding my hand up to his like shoulder, you know, like he's got his arm bent, like he's holding me next to him. So sweet. So chivalrous. I mean, it really was. And it's not like the trail is like, I'm going to fall off the end of it or the side of it or whatever, but you know, it was just to keep me safe next to him. And yeah, I mean, I don't know why not. Yeah. We're already been really intimate. So yeah, it felt right. So we walked and walked and walked and we finally got to the spot where we could see kind of like lights of my, my town, Watsonville. And so um, right there, if you walk up uh, just above the path, so you have to walk up a little bit of an incline, there's a log bench, like a half a log that's cut in half. And so you sit on the flat part, right? And it's got um, a little metal sign on it that says that it was dedicated to the memory of David somebody. And I thought, well, how appropriate. Your name's David. Like, wow. So I brought a little thin blanket that I had, I don't know, they were giving them out for free at the um, Santa, Santa Cruz Warriors game. So it's this yellow, really awful thin blanket. I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I thought if we sat down on dirt, like we'd at least have something clean to sit on, but it provided zero, um, you know, comfort or cushion on this wooden log. And <laughs> the reason I'm bringing that up is because we sat down and then what do we do? Of course, we start kissing again. And then I'm like, you know, straddling him and he he stood up and picked me up he kept saying when he was kissing me he was hugging me he goes you're so little and I was like well I'm not little like I'm freaking tall but I'm you know I guess I'm like weight wise I felt small to him for some reason but I still don't feel like I'm not small but he had picked me up and wrapped my legs around him and he was 
kind of turning me and I'm like, it's that like fear of like, I can't see shit. And I'm like, I don't know how well he has me. And like, we could slip on the loose dirt and tumble. I mean, you know, we are on an incline and I'm like, you know, oh my God, like, do you, do you have me? And he's like kind of turning me around so he could like set me on the bench differently or whatever. And then we, yeah, we did lay down on the bench for a little bit, but it wasn't super uncomfortable. My tailbone was getting like pushed into the bench. And funny enough, I had bent down um, at, at home to do something. And Joey goes, you have, I don't know what she said I had on my back, but she said, you have something like red on your like back. I think she thought I had like, it was, I, I don't remember. I can't remember. Cause it's not a scratch, but well, yeah, it is. So anyways, I look in the mirror and sure enough, it was from, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's basically my tailbone was getting scratched on the, on the, uh, on the log and it left a mark, um, on my back. So, uh, yeah, that was not comfortable at all. And it was like, all right, let's, let's go back. So we start walking back and it's, like I said, it's about a 15 minute walk back, maybe 10 minutes. I don't know. And while we're walking, I'm having like this little pain on my stomach. And a couple days before, like literally two days before my cat, Benny was, I was holding him. Benny doesn't really like to be held that much. And he got spooked and he jumped off me and his back claw on his you know, back foot went down the front of my stomach and like sliced my stomach, left a scratch. It wasn't that bad, but you know, it hurt in that moment, but then it, whatever it healed and it didn't hurt. But I kept feeling something that felt like that on my stomach. It hurt. And I was like, why is that? Why would that be hurting right now? So I said, you know what, can you like flash the flashlight on me? And so I pull my shirt up and we look and like right away, I see it. It's a fucking tick on right next to my belly button. I'm like, I'm like, I've got a tick on me. He's like, Oh yeah, I see it. I see it. And so he goes to pull it out and like, it doesn't go. He tries again. doesn't go. It's still there. I, it was like three or four times finally gets it out. And of course, what does he do? He chucks it. And that comes up later because people were writing to me going, you should have kept it and had it analyzed for Lyme disease. I'm like, okay, we did not have a Ziploc bag. And like, what is he going to do? Like hold it between his thumb and his finger, like for another, I don't know how long in the car. And then where do we put it then? Like what? Like, I don't, I had nothing to put this thing in. So his reaction in getting rid of the tick was what anybody would have done. So the tick was gone. And, um, I now feel like a, like the pain after you have a piercing, it hurts like it, and it's really not going away. It really does not feel good. And I'm not a big baby, but it was like, God damn, still hurts. So I think that tick took out a pretty, well, took out a little chunk of skin, I think is what it did. And, um, you know, it wasn't really bleeding or anything. I have to look at it right now. It looks fine. So we go back to his place, um, in my car and he decides we should do a full body tick check in his room. And by the way, he lives in a house again, the guys that I meet and the places they live. So we've got the wooden, you know, off the grid log cabin without any, you know, electricity or anything. We have the, uh, carpeted tent and now we have David lives in a house with like six other people. Granted, it's a, you know, an older home from probably the eighties. It's a corner lot, nice corner lot, um, single story home, but he lives in the laundry room <laughs> without the washer and dryer there, but he happens to have a double bed in there. That's like floating. So he has storage underneath it. There's shelving there that was probably there for like laundry detergent and stuff like that, but he uses it for his stuff. I mean, it's a decent setup, you know, um, you know, and so anyways, he says we should, <laughs> A laundry room. I can't believe it. But I, I dated a guy for two and a half years, you know, when I was a single mom, like when my kids were little and he was in a house with other guys and he had a twin bed two and a half years. And we were 12 years difference, but he, I wouldn't sleep at his place on the weekends. This is when my kids would go to their dads more often. And I slept in a twin bed with him. I was in my freaking early forties and I used to sleep. And that was this guy, Kevin, I dated Jesus Christ. Anyways. So he, um, <laughs> Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. So he says we should take all our clothes off and do a full body check. And I was not, I don't know, the light in his room was really bright. And I'm just sort of like insecure about my, I just am. I don't want like bright lights on me. Like, I don't know. It makes me like uncomfortable because my skin is not 25 anymore. And I'm just like, and I don't know. I just feel paranoid. So I was like, no, I, you can't, you can't look at me with like, I'm not, not doing that. But, um, you know, eventually I did end up showing him most of my body and, um, 
And of course we made it a little bit more in his bed. Um, no, we did not have sex, but I did tell him about the HIV and he actually didn't care. But, um, I, yeah, I won't get into all of that. Just nothing. We didn't go to that point. Um, I won't get into it. I'm just not going to, but it wasn't because of HIV. So anyways, um, we needed to go. I needed to go. That's why we needed to go. Cause I had to get home. So I got, um, uh, we got, you know, dressed after being there for, I don't know, a little while. I was cold too. It was freezing. Um, and it was a cold evening. So got back over the hill, um, got home. I don't know. I was in bed by just after midnight. God damn. I was tired, uh, the next day, but the next day I see that I have like a little bit of a red ring. Um, not, well, I don't know if a ring, but a rash that's radiating out from the tick bite. And I make sort of the mistake of sharing that information on my t Tinder, TikTok story, my Instagram story. And I had somebody write in who has Lyme disease, who just went very alarmist on the whole thing. And I mean, in general, this is very low risk in, in the area I live in. Um, I read online that the tick would have to be in you for like 24 hours to um, transmit Lyme disease if it had it. This thing was in me for maybe 10 minutes, maybe, you know, not long at all. But, um, and that the, the red rash is a very normal reaction when you pull a tick out of your skin. Like that's normal. And it says it will usually dissipate within a day or two. And, you know, to look for these signs within two to three days or whatever. And also to go on, possibly go on doxycycline for like two weeks. So anyways, I write to my doctor and I say, look, I don't need another fucking disease. This is what's going on. I sent her the picture of my stomach. Um, you know, what do you recommend? And she got back to me, you know, within a day, it was within the 72 hour period. And we did start a two week cycle of doxycycline. I'm still taking it right now. Um, everything looks fine on my stomach. I never got any symptoms of Lyme disease in any way, nothing weird, no fevers, nothing, um, no aches and pains or anything like that. But she said, just to be on the safe side, she goes, it's very, very unlikely. Like it's super, super low risk. Cause it's just not a, I think there was like seven cases of Lyme disease in Santa Cruz County last year. We looked it up. There's like nothing. So, um, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> that is my, um, that is the latest on my, um, dates on Tinder. And again, um, hopefully I will be getting the tattoo tomorrow night. I hope I'm crossing my fingers and, um, the guy with the carpeted tent also drives a Suburban. So <laughs> you know, maybe we'll go hang out in a Suburban. I don't know, but I'm going to write back to him. He actually did just write to me a little while ago. Um, so yeah, that's it. I hope that, um, you guys are all doing well and my God, do not judge me. I really am like, do not have to share some of this information, but, uh, it sounds like some of you get a real kick out of hearing my, um, my experiences on Tinder and it is really fun to talk about them. I'm, I am having a lot of fun out there. Um, so yeah, that's it. Um, if I've forgotten something, I'll try to remember it and add it to my notes for next time. Um, and hopefully you guys have listened to the episode before this with Heather Ray O'Connor. She is awesome. And she talked about her HIV journey, her story and her journey with breastfeeding with HIV, and, which is really insightful. It's unreal. Honestly, she talks about how she was having God, I don't want to go into the whole thing because it's pretty interesting on how she was even approved for it um, to because a lot of doctors will not let you breastfeed even if you're undetectable. But there's these studies called the promise studies and her doctor knew about this and he said it is up to you the risk is like under a percent and she decided to do it and also her child would be on prep as well. So it's like there's so many things protecting the child from getting HIV like the risk is incredibly like unlikely. So, but she was having problems nursing and she needed to get a hold of La Leche League. And apparently they will report you to CPS if they find out that you're HIV positive and you're a nursing mother. And this, oh my God, this chokes me up because she's a white woman, she thinks like that is why she probably was not reported. And you can only imagine how many black women would be reported and possibly be reported for child endangerment, 
um, or have their children taken away from them because they are nursing with HIV. This is crazy. It's crazy. I had no idea that this was going on, that this was even a possibility for a nursing mother. And as she said, and if you have never been a nursing mother and you do not understand what it is like to have a child that won't latch on, God, it fucking upsets me so much because it is so fucking hard in the beginning when your baby is crying and your boobs hurt and things aren't working right. And to think that you made this decision where you're trying to do everything right, everything in your body is telling you to nurse this baby and things are not working right and you're reaching out for help and they're going to criminalize you? Like, are you freaking kidding me? I mean, she tells the story about how it was wintertime. She had like the heater on in the bathroom. The baby's crying. She's crying. Her nipples are killing her. I mean, I felt for her so much because I went through, um, I had mastitis with Owen and I went through the whole pumping nightmare and my nipple like blew up. And I remember like just feeling like inadequate. I didn't have HIV, but just that whole, like that whole experience of like, oh my God, over pumping to try to fix. Oh my God. And I ended up with a huge breast infection. It was so painful. I ended up in the hospital for freaking five days hooked to an IV um, with antibiotics because oral antibiotics wasn't going to fix it. My doctor is like, you have to go to the doctor. You have to go to the emergency right now. She's like, you have to go check into the hospital right now. She's like, that's how bad it is. So that was, I don't know. Owen was like three weeks old. And my mom was like, bringing him to the hospital to nurse him on the good boob. And then, oh my God, what a nightmare that was. My God. So, um, yeah, listen to her story. She's an amazing woman and she, um, has, um, a Facebook page for, um, HIV positive mothers who want to nurse. And it's, um, it's, she's incredible. And the links to all of that are on that episode, which was episode 44. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Thanks for listening. Have a great one. See you real soon. Bye-bye now. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.